Chapter 24. The Man Who They Call the Organiser Holding each other's shoulders to not lose each other, the group made their way to the main stage. Alec's eyes busily scanned the faces of the crowd. Flash noticed and said, Yo, bro, you're still scouting your princess? Yeah, she must be here somewhere. Man, she ain't looking for you. You should go enjoy yourself. How do you know? She'd sent you a bird by now. I'm just being real. She's got other options. Alec looked glum and Flash put his arm around him and said, It's cool, man. There's plenty of princesses here. Who like crazy fishermen like you? Don't get fishermen wasted, though, or you'll catch nothing. He looked around quickly and said, Thanks, matey, but I want just the princess I know. Suit yourself, man, but don't forget to party, yeah? Who knows when you'll be here next? Hundreds of people congregated in a grassy basin, the centre of the vast tent. Two streams converged, creating a river in the middle. On one side were the spectators sitting on a grassy bank, and the other was the large, magnificent main stage. A thin stoned bridge connected them both. Wraith refused to sit and asked Jane and Prima to fly around and tried to spot the organiser. Looking up from the grass, Katie said, Wraith, there's nothing we can do. We may as well enjoy the party and see what happens. Katie, waiting is doing nothing. That's leaving it to fate. I know, I know, but we've tried our best. It'll be whatever it'll be. I didn't get a black belt by watching. I got it by doing. It's better you stay here. I'm going to find this man, the organiser, who eludes me. Wraith hurriedly scampered and jumped around spectators towards the stage. Betsy sat next to Katie and said, He really cares about you. He cares about the quest. Honey, why are you so pessimistic? I think he's genuine. He wants you to make it back. Betsy, I've learned not to fully trust anyone. Why? Because you'll be let down. It's happened to me more than once. I now expect it, so I'm never surprised when it happens. He's been there for you since the start. So was my mother, and so was my dad, but they both left me. Molly, my best friend, even left me to die. No one really cares about me. People live and die within themselves. Katie burst into tears and ran away into the crowd. Betsy and not even Lynx's long legs could keep up. She had vanished. A lady wearing a beautiful red dress walked to the centre of the stage. She was greeted with cheers and whistles. After the crowd had settled, she said, Welcome to the finale of the finale, and thank you for contributing to Festavia. We provide the venue, but you bring the party. This night will end, but your memory won't. Share it with others, because we can so easily forget. Like a snowflake, tonight is unique. We must put energy into our work week, for once the snow melts, we are eagerly waiting for our hearts to run playfully free. Patience, time and work all create magic to let us safely go berserk. Hundreds of fairies spread across the crowd with long-coloured ribbons attached to their ankles. They flew in formations, creating patterns in the air. The chords of an electric guitar strummed around the grassed basin. The lady continued, I am the queen of the finale, and I hereby grant you permission to allow yourself a royal and hearty jubilant time. Faithful subjects for your contribution to our royal party, I shall knight and dame you all. Lions formed at the side of the stage and over the bridge. One by one, men and women knelt under the queen and were knighted and damed. 
Katie joined the queue. She took a knee under the Queen. The Queen raised her sword and drew breath. There was no tap on Katie's shoulders. Hello, my dear Katie, the Queen said. Katie, astonished, glanced up. You know me? I am glad I'm a stranger to you. You've grown so much. We shall converse later. I have many subjects to night and day. Am I not to be damned? It has already been done, my dear. From behind, Katie heard impatient whispers. Taking the hint from the Queen's busy bee expression, she left the stage to meet Lynx at the foot of the steps. You're fast. When you get back to Earth, you should take up a sport, said Lynx. Katie smiled politely. She was still musing over the Queen's words. Lynx refocused her by saying, The Queen likes you. I think we should stay near her. We might find the organiser. Katie agreed. She was tired of chasing after the quest. She wanted to settle her mind. At the edge of the stage, the Queen gracefully took her seat on a golden throne. The curtains were still drawn and the crowd were chanting for them to open. Lynx felt Katie's energy and said, You look glum, hon. We're all knackered. That's why we party. You're so close. Good vibes are always near. You've just got to grab them, my dear. You're a poet, but don't know it, Katie responded, raising an eyebrow, preceded by a wink. Lynx and Katie chuckled together. Only by the strumming chords of an electric guitar, the curtain drew open gradually. A man with shoulder-length, uneven hair appeared from a cloud of slowly evaporating fog. Draped around his shoulders was a flag, stomping one foot to the beat of the drum, while another man with darkened eyes played the guitar. He sung, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, by the Rolling Stones. The crowd went wild. The band on the stage was an eagerly anticipated hit. Katie said, These guys look familiar, but they seem much younger. Yeah, they play every season. Like the music they play, they never age. The man strutted to the front of the stage and pointed far into the crowd. He pouted and marched forwards and backwards, striding his long legs. I see where you get your happy legs from, Lynx, Katie said, laughing. Yeah, he's my hero. He's a proper rocker and one of a kind. Most things we see are copies, but this guy and bands are true to themselves. It must be great to be yourself without caring what haters think. They're always haters, but express yourself right and they get drowned out by your supporters. Strutting and bouncing, they rocked to the beating drums. Without care, Katie shook her hair and messed it up. The music was liberating. Lynx, in a usual fashion, pogo-sticked and infected everyone around him with his contagious smile. Lynx and Katie were separated by Alec, who unexpectedly joined them and said, Clear a space. I feel the magic. In humorous suspense, they both watched Alec strutting with his hands on hips around the cleared circumference. The bobbing onlookers stopped and clapped. Feeling their energetic support, Alec broke into a full dance, jiving, twisting and hopping. He used all of his tricks and created some spontaneous new ones. He created quite a stir, and very soon he had many emulating him. Go, Alec! cried Lynx, and he cackled and laughed. He said to Katie... He's a turbo rocker. I remember when he was a shy drunk fisherman. Now he's a rocking captain of the drums, Lynx concluded. The party swirled with the current of a summer sea, not aggressive, but flowing and free. Lynx was soaked in sweat from dancing vigorously. 
he had long awaited the chance to let loose. He spotted the crowd part and saw whispering over the grass the newly exposed mud, the pleats of a red dress. The Queen, she's joined the dance, cried Alec. And look who she's interested in, said Katie with glee. The Queen had been caught by Alec's fishnet. His moves were royally magnetising. This is unheard of. The Queen never chooses to dance with anybody, said Lynx. The Queen confidently stepped in time to the drum to move up unnoticed behind Alec. He turned to see only a metre away was the Queen. The crowd was gleefully surprised to see her up close and Alec instinctively held out his hand and asked her to dance. Lynx was surprised and said, No nerves. Does he know who she is? I think he knows. He's on a level with her, said Katie proudly. The Queen danced and twirled with Alec and they both stomped their feet together. Lost in the moment, the Queen didn't notice that her dress frills had become muddy. As he danced, Alec whispered endearingly to her. Alec's attention to the Queen plummeted when he spotted the princess. She'd appeared on her own. She stood in his eyeline and danced slowly and seductively. Lynx stopped Katie from intervening and said, He has to make his own choice. She replied, He's going to choose the princess. He's going to blow it. If that happens, he'll learn. When it comes to love, hun, it must come from the heart. The queen, now noticing the princess, said to a now passive subdued Alec, I've noticed you have an admirer. Alec stuttered, but couldn't get any words out. Filling the awkward silence, the queen said, I had immense fun dancing with you. That was my first in a hundred seasons, and you didn't disappoint. Enjoy the rest of the show. Watched by many, the queen gracefully left the muddy dancing ground. Alec paced his way towards the princess, who greeted him with a gratifying smile. Princess, I've been looking everywhere for you. Would you like a dance? Sorry, I'd love to, but I must go. I've got a date with a man like no other. He's offered me eternal happiness. You should give me a chance. No offence, but a smelly boat or a lifetime of feeling good is a simple choice to make. Take care, fisherman. Alec was left standing on the muddied ground, alone. He was consoled with a hug from Katie, who said, Oh, Alec, you fell for the biggest attention trap in the book. She wasn't interested in you. She wanted to best the Queen. Why did the Queen leave? Queens don't lower themselves to the levels of silly princesses. Lynx put his arm around Alec's shoulder and said, You know what, though, bro? No one has ever held the Queen's attention like you did. You're a legend! He pointed to the throne, expecting to see the Queen, but as soon as they looked over, she got up and left towards the back of the stage and through the curtains. Katie beamed. Let's follow her. We can give Alec another shot, and I reckon she's going to find the organiser. Lynx smiled. It always seemed as if he could actually see Katie. That would mean going backstage. If we're caught by the frogs, they'll kick us out. Katie weighed up the risk and said, Just waiting. We equally run the risk of my time running out. I like the idea of steering my own ship. Alec felt nervous, like he was back at Ruby Rugby's VIP seating. They climbed up the steps to the stage and walked past the performer, who gave them a big pout. Lynx said, Just act normal. They sneaked behind the curtains and down another small flight of stairs. Ribbit, ribbit. 
a frog security guard had spotted them, and Alec tried to run, but with only one jump, the frog caught him. Ah, I forgot frogs can jump, said Alec bitterly. Lynx tried in vain to blag his way past them, but reading the frog's body language, it looked like they were to be thrown out. Yo, yo, my bros, what are you doing with me entourage? Flash had miraculously joined them. Don't rib it at me, just get them some passes, cos I'm performing soon. The frogs had grown in number to deal with the disturbance. Not convinced, one grabbed Flash's arm. In response, Flash started to rap Overnight Celebrity by Twister. By the fast-flowing lyrics, the frogs were mesmerised and frozen stiff. With his foot, Flash discreetly kicked Alec. Using Flash's rapping distraction, they continued onwards. They entered the backstage area and into a private room with no ceiling. The sun, which was close to setting, glistened through and its rays painted a beautiful garden in amber. The grass was short and a range of flowers grew from rockeries. Near the end of the garden was an old wooden bench with Wraith and Walter basking their chests and heads in the dimming sun. With his hand, Wraith shielded his eyes and said, "'It's about time, Katie. Walter said you'd be here soon.' Katie, surprised to see Wraith, but more overwhelmed by what she had discovered, said, "'Walter, are you the organiser? Walter sat on the bench, sipping from a pint glass, and replied, "'Ha, ha, I wouldn't have enough time to be.' Of course, you're always busy cutting grass. Then who is then? The festival queen appeared from another entrance and said, Why do people always assume the boss is a man? Because fat cats are usually male. Are you the organiser? asked Katie. Lynx took a place next to Walter on the bench and was joined by the queen, who kissed him on the cheek. Katie was stunned because Lynx appeared to have a strong rapport with the queen. Katie asked, Lynx, are you the organiser? Lynx smiled the widest Katie had seen and stretched his long legs out. Leaning back, he said, We all are, babe. To pull off an epic place such as Vestavia and the finale, a buzzing team is a must. We needed to test your heart, hun. You're the first earthling to come behind the curtain and see Festavia's strings. Katie looked at Wraith and said, Did you know? No. I found Walter, and he said you'd be here. The Queen said, Wraith, I'm glad you found us. Some like you never do. Walter stood from the bench and said, This will be the last move before sunset. All stood up and helped Walter move the bench further to catch the last of the fading sun. Walter said, Do you want a summer's end beer? It's brewed from a spring between the rockery. Katie saw that there was a small running stream bubbling up a trickling down the piled rocks. He handed her a pint glass with a Festavia symbol engraved in it. Katie filled her glass to the top and watched the froth settle. Walter found a spare folding camping chair for her to sit on. Cloaking half of the garden, a dusky shadow contrasted an orange band of sun. Katie sipped her drink and said, This tastes yeasty and thick. Yes, it's not poured from unclean pumps of a stubborn local pub. This is natural brewed fine beer. Walter, it's not like you not to be working. I'm having a break at the end of this fine summer's day to smell the freshly cut grass and watch the sun bounce from its surface whilst sipping my favourite drink and listening to the soothing flow of a natural spring. I don't take breaks often, but when I do, it's done right. 
Walter looked peaceful and content, a state she hadn't seen before. Even Lynx looked calm, but most interesting of all, Wraith was relaxed. Sitting in an oasis of calm, Katie felt warmed and her spirits lifted. She closed her eyes and listened to the stream trickle and flow. Alex sat on the floor by her side doing the same. The group was deftly silent, enjoying the ambient moment. Birds tweeted and sound of music and ravers were completely muted. The silence was broken by the Queen saying, I've heard, Katie, you're on a meter. Katie broke from her passive state and answered, Sorry, yes, for a moment I forgot all about it. I've never felt so calm in my life. It seems you need that feeling. I live my life for fun. I've never thought to stop. Is it always fun, or is it mostly a distraction? said the Queen. Katie paused and didn't answer. The first time you visited, you were very sad indeed, but you left calm and settled. I guess for you, life since then has been far from calm. I'm confused. This is my first time here. You've forgotten that I've met you once before. You then were half the size and very sad. You didn't cry, but we could all feel your pain, especially Lynx. That day you asked me to dance with you, like your mother did. After befriending us all, you calmly disappeared. I didn't think we'd be seeing you here again. I thought that was a dream. That was my eleventh birthday, my first without my mum. That night I cried myself to sleep. The next day when I awoke I felt strangely calm, like I feel now. I dreamt I danced and played at a large party. I dreamt I was best friends with the Queen. And you were, my dear. I'm pleased and saddened to see you again. I've met many earthlings who escape here. They cannot stay indefinitely. But there have been some who come regularly and never return to Earth. Katie remembered her quest and asked, So, my question, festival organisers, is, can I have this magical ball of potential? Walter sipped his summer pint and said, What have you contributed in return? Lynx had a willing expression on his face. He really wanted Katie to answer. Katie had no answer and said, I don't know. I haven't contributed anything. To get this far, you must have. But if you don't know what you've contributed, how can you know your worth and see your potential? Lynx interrupted. Come on, we all know what you've contributed. Just think about it. Well, when I arrived, I was alone. Then I met Wraith. He guided me and I ended up here with a big group of friends. Wraith did it. I just did what he said, said Katie. Wraith laughed and said, Katie, we both know that's not exactly true. If I had it my way, it would have been a direct path straight to the finale. But luckily, you led me on a considerable detour. The Queen reached over and touched Wraith on the arm and said, I am glad you have learnt. That's why this time you made it. Katie recounted on her journey and the quest and said, I guess I couldn't just pass by. I had to become involved. I felt at the time I was wasting time, but if I hadn't, I wouldn't have met my friends and help win the first draw for the South team and help create Polo Pink Ladies' Night. I have to thank Wraith. He did always keep me focused and my mind on the quest. Lynx clapped his hands and said, That's right, babe. You made the journey as proper as the prize. Every place you visited, you made better and brought people together. 
You are a proper talent. The queen said, But you as a talent in Festavia is meaningless. You can't stay here. So what's your talent going to be on earth? I don't know. I am at university, but my time is spent partying. It sounds like if you were a set of scales, you'd be heavily leaning to one side. Do you know your balance? I never thought about it, but if I knew what I could be, then that would help. Walter said, Katie, if you want to know your potential, you are holding it, he said, pointing to the pint glass. Katie peered into her glass and saw her foggy reflection bouncing back. She said, I hope this isn't a cruel game. We've travelled far and invested so much time into this quest. Walter, unmoved by Katie's concerns, said, Many work hard to realise their potential and many never see it. It wouldn't be fair if we don't complete the quest. Life's unfair, Katie, said Walter. Filling the awkward silence, the Queen said, Katie, what do you know about yourself? I know on earth that I've wasted my time, that I painfully miss my mum and I don't want to be there. Her eyes streamed with unstoppable tears. The Queen arose from the bench and walked to Katie and bending down she hugged her and said, Honey, wash those tears away in the stream. It'll make you feel better. I can't. It's a beer stream. At sunset, before it stops for the day, for a few moments it turns to water. Katie knelt by the stream and washed her face. She could hear the others cheerfully chatting to each other. She thought, do they not feel sorry for me? She paused and stared at her reflection in the stream, letting her hair down free from a restrained knot. She gazed deep into her own eyes. The water was so clear it reflected her face perfectly. She reflected on her time in Festavia. She lived in Festavia differently from Earth. She had met great friends and done things past her own expectations. She realised that she'd used every grain of sand to the fullest and found a meaningful purpose. She remembered Soul Lake and the feelings she felt. She remembered the final song of Mister and thought what was the message. Then it dawned on her. She needed to accept life's given pain because that gives one the necessary spit and spite needed to survive and prosper in life. Not accepting it is to give up. Maybe that's why she was here, she thought. I ran from pain and took refuge in Festavia. I feel pain, but it's not who I am. And who are you, babe? Lynx didn't hear her, but felt her thoughts. Unsurprised, Katie said, I don't know, but I want to find out. The stream glimmered and shone as the sun's last setting rays bounced from its crystal clear reflective waters. An image in the water gradually formed. The water showed a large funeral procession with hundreds of people gathered around a single coffin, ready to enter the ground. The crowd was dressed in vibrant colours. Some were sad, but others were smiling. The image drew closer, and between the ripples, she made out the writing on the headstone. It read, Catherine Peruzzi. She pulled away, stunned, and said aloud, My potential is to die! Wraith scouring the stream asked, Who's that man standing at the front with the excessively large bunch of flowers? Katie squinted her eyes, and she noticed a faded scar on his forehead. Oh, that's my baby cousin, Victor. He ran through the French windows when he was a toddler. He thought it was open. He loves me like his own mummy. Oh, now he's really old and wrinkly. Lynx said, 
It looks to me like you live a long life and trick hundreds of people to give up a sunny afternoon to come and see you off. The image disappeared and Katie was confused and said, Who are those people? I don't know that many people. They seem to know you. Whatever your potential is, it seems you affect many for the good. It's not surprising to me. Everyone you've met, you've made magic with. I guess you choosing not to fulfil your potential would be cheating others of experiencing your magic. Wraith looked worried because her eyes were stuck on a dwindling stream. He said, We need to show the king his potential too. What are we to do? Katie was still overcome by her sensitive experience and had no idea. The last rays of sun bounced off the rockery and the garden was almost fully cloaked in dusk. The organisers watched with intrigue. They were almost willing Wraith to find a solution. Wraith quickly asked Walter, Walter, do you have a suggestion? This is not a problem I've had to fix before. Out of the two of us, you're the best one to find a solution to your own problem. Wraith remembered his training. When sparring, he could make time slow down and find ways to counter his opponents. He paused and relaxed, lowered his heart rate and his mind opened. The pint glass, cried Wraith. He grabbed the pint glass by Katie's empty chair, emptied it and then dived towards the stream. He let the last few drops of the drying stream fill the glass to the top. Wraith wiped beads of sweat from his head and sighed in relief. The stream had now fully stopped. You solved your problem, but that's my pint glass, said Walter, buttoning up his shirt. The sun had set. Wraith clutched the glass and said, I feel like I'm receiving a lesson in etiquette. Please may I keep your glass? As long as you return it once you're done. That means I must return next season. Lynx laughed and said, Yeah, ninja, you're in need of a party at least once a year. The organisers all chuckled together. Lynx sat whilst watching Wraith, clutching his pint of water. Don't look into that. That pint only has enough for one more magic show. Walter said, And it quickly evaporates. Alec, who couldn't keep his eyes off the Queen, tried his luck once more. So, uh, I think we'd finished our dance when the tide was out. Would you like another dance? Alec boldly asked, while hiding his shaking nervousness. The Queen instantly replied, I shall be in the crowd, dancing with everyone, so who knows? I better go now. The festival needs me. Goodbye, my good people. I wish you all the best of luck. And accompanied by a couple of frogs, the Queen gracefully left the dusky garden. Alec paused in confusion and said in a seafaring Scottish accent, Is that a yay or a nay? Katie laughed and replied, You still haven't learnt, have you? It's a maybe. Why not a straight answer? Maybe, because when you saw the princess, you treated her like a maybe. You're lucky to not get a no. Why? All I did was say hello to the princess. Yes, with eyes like saucers. Remember, women can read your mind. But with you, there isn't a need to, because it's written all over your face. Oh, Alex said sheepishly, but I think I could really like her. When I see her, my heart skips a beat. Well... Now you're going to have to sincerely show her that. Wraith was pained and said, Please, can we put the romance talk on hold? We've got a quest to complete.